Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y for 67369. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Yo, what's good? It's Black Trey, and I got a show called Growing Up the Same with Jason Madison, where we talk to guests about their childhood memories that I'm sure everyone can relate to. You even get some life advice at the end. Our show has featured guests like Dom Kennedy, J.J. Reddick, Baron Davis, Brian Koppelman, Bomani Jones, Mina Kimes, and many more. Be sure to check us out on the Black Opinions Matter feed under the Count the Dings Network. Oh yeah, and don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend to subscribe, rate, and review. And also subscribe, rate, and review to the separate Growing Up the Same feed. Hi everyone, Tim Kitzer here from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz. And you're listening to Throwing Up the Same with Trayvon Edwards and Jason Madison. Boom shakalaka. And now here's your starting lineup. Trayvon Edwards, Jason Madison. Boom shakalaka. And today we have a special guest. We have Dan Perlman. What's going on, Dan? How you doing, man? Good. I'm good, man. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Dan Perlman is a comedian, writer, and director from New York City. He's executive producer, co-creator, and star of Showtime's newest dark comedy, Flatbush Misdemeanors, which premiered on May 23rd behind Tent Pole's Black Monday in the Shy, co-created and written with Kevin Iso. And now it's time for the one or the two with Jay Skills. Flatbush or Bushwick? Flatbush. Bigger and blacker or I might need security? 
<laughs> Bigger and blacker. Killing them softly or raw? Killing them softly. Elephant in the room or Pimp Chronicles Part 1? Pimp Chronicles. Ace Ventura or Happy Gilmore? Uh, Happy Gilmore. Old school or Wedding Crashers? Old school. Miami Vice or 48 Hours? 48 Hours. Bad Boys or Lethal Weapon? Bad Boys. Dumb and Dumber or Scary Movie? Dumb and Dumber. Men in Black or Rush Hour? Mm. Rush Hour. George Clooney or Brad Pitt? I'll go Brad Pitt. Denzel or DiCaprio? I'll go Denzel. LeBron or KD? LeBron. Shaq or Chuck? Shaq. Double Dragon or Darkwing Duck? Double Dragon. Freakazoid or Earthworm Jim? Freakazoid. Hey Arnold or Dexter's Laboratory? Hey Arnold, easy. Daria or King of the Hill? King of the Hill. Celebrity Deathmatch or Street Sharks? Street Sharks. Reboot or the Magic School Bus? Magic School Bus. It's Frizzle. Knicks or Nets? Knicks. Giants or Jets? Jets. Jay Williams on Twitter or Robert Griffin III on Twitter? <laughs> Man, I haven't seen either of their Twitters, honestly, but I'll, I'll assume Jay Williams is good. Um, you should check in on both of them. <laughs> I'll follow both. Uh, claiming you got hacked or deleting your account? Uh, always delete. Tony Gwynn or Larry Walker? Tony Gwynn. The Big Hurt or The Big Cat? Big Hurt. The Big Unit or Big Poppy? Uh, my Big Unit. Chappelle Show season one or season two? I'm trying to remember which sketches were in which season. I guess season one. I'll go season one. Yeah, season one had Clayton. It came out the gate real hot with the... Yeah, yeah. Season two had Rick James and, you know, the uh, Puffy... Uh, uh, All that shit is hilarious. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, they're both both pretty crazy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Would you rather have allergies or a headache? Uh, I guess I'd rather deal with a headache. Hot or cold sandwich? Hot, for sure. Wheat or white toast? Um, white. Scorsese or Spielberg? Scorsese. Pat Riley or Phil Jackson? Uh, they both fucked the Knicks over. I'll go Phil, though. <laughs> I didn't actually think about that aspect when I wrote that. They fucked them over <laughs> in different ways, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, playoff P or pandemic P? Uh, <laughs> pandemic P is more fun to laugh at, so I'll go that one. Uh, fried chicken or barbecue chicken? 
Uh, barbecue. Lil Wayne in the 2000s or Drake in the 2010s? Uh, Lil Wayne. Bow Wow or Soldier Boy? Bow Wow. Most Deaf or Talib Kweli? Talib Kweli. Volume 2, Hard Knock Life or Blueprint 2? Well, hard Knock Life. Yeezus or 808s? Yeezus. When wearing sandals, do you split your toes or not split? Uh, option C, I don't wear sandals. Okay. As the first Diplomat. time I've the box on the choices, but I got to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I no, can't it's, listen, that. you always can answer outside. <laughs> I got I to be truthful. Yeah. So when you hit, when you hit the beach, you, you wearing tennis shoes? Man, I'm from New York, so I'm not going to the beach. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to Jones Beach? <laughs> Man, I'll just, I'll go, I'll go with my sneakers and I'll just take my shoes off and I'll just walk barefoot. There you go. Diplomats or G-Unit? G-Unit. Lil' Kim or Foxy Brown? Or Foxy Brown. Fabulous or AZ? Fabulous. Shock G or Guru? Guru. Welcome to the party or Dior? Welcome to the party. 50s beef with Cameron or 50s beef with Rick Ross? Uh, Rick Ross. That's, that's more fun. <laughs> Miami or Atlanta? You know, it's going to be crazy, but I've never been to Miami. So I got to go Atlanta. I've never That's been to Miami either, so don't feel really? bad. Yeah. Neither me, one of you have ever been to Miami? No, nah, me and Dan might have to take a trip. I'm like, maybe <laughs> I've been to Florida. I'm trying to think. It's like, I don't think I've been to Florida. I've been to Florida. I've been to Naples. That's the only place. Yeah. And it's, it was like mad old people, and I was like playing in a college basketball. Yeah. That's, they, why would you go to Naples? Yeah. We just had it. We had a game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Florida is its own world, man. I gotta go to I gotta go to spring training. I gotta go to Miami. I gotta make the rounds. All right. Uh, Joe Girardi or Joe Torre? Oh, Joe Torre. I mean, I grew I grew up with Torre, so uh Bernie Williams or Jorge Posada. I loved Bernie. He played classical guitar and stuff. He was cool. Yeah. He, he did it all. Yeah. Uh iPhone or not iPhone or Android or Android. On silent or vibrate? iPhone, uh, silent. To ignore it, you miss the call, that's the way to do it. You got to be too busy. <laughs> Stand-up comedy or comedic acting? Stand-up. Selling out a show or having a hit show? Uh, a hit show. Being recognized or appreciated? Appreciated. That's the one of the two. You know what I hate? After a long day of work, dealing with people, being stressed, I gotta figure out what to eat that night. I don't feel like cooking, but I don't wanna eat something that's bad for me like junk food. I want something healthy. I want to eat something that tastes good and I don't wanna work too hard or pay too much to do it. Well, guess what? What you really want, if you're like me, is Freshly. That's right. 
Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door. No cooking required. Grocery shopping and cooking can be a pain, especially right now. And with Freshly, you don't have to. Your meals arrive cooked and fresh every week so you can keep your fridge stocked and skip the trip to the store. Ordering is easy. All you got to do is visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak peppercorn, sausage baked penne, or their chicken pesto bowl. Freshly can fit your lifestyle with a variety of plans and meals to pick from that work for your dietary needs, preferences, tastes, and family size. Now our listeners can try Freshly for just $6.16 per meal. Stop searching the internet for healthy food near me every night and start living life freshly. Your meals are always delivered fresh, never frozen, and are ready to heat and enjoy in just three minutes. With new meals added each week, Freshly brings the convenience of chef-made, nutritionist-designed classics right to your kitchen. Right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash B-O-M. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash B-O-M for $40 off your first two orders. That's Freshly.com slash B-O-M for $40 off your first two orders. Do yourself a favor. Get Freshly. I do all right. I wish I knew how you guys voted on some of those. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, there's no right or wrongs. I think it's always the listeners that normally have the feedback like, what? You chose that over that? You know what I mean? Like, that's what you're going to have to deal with after. You know what I mean? Like, the people that really, like, rock with it or follow. Yeah, yeah, sometimes people you just I'm like I'm back. I'm I'm a, I'm an impartial judge. You know, I just I just ask the questions. I'm not okay, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to place too much judgment, unless it's like a specific team or person that I feel like very strongly about. Totally absurd. But, yeah. 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 Sure. You are you in, are you in LA, Jason, or are you, you're just yeah yeah I'm born and raised in LA. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yep, we're like Central. we're like doing the cross the cross country thing right now, so yeah. it's been cool. It's like it's like long distance dating, but like long distance potting. So yeah, yeah we just right. meet up once a week and, and, so and chat. either one's about communication. Yeah, absolutely. Right. All right. So we're going to jump right into things. What was young Dan's connection to basketball? I love that. That was aside from comedy. That was the only like dream I had was to be in the NBA. And then it was just like, I just loved, uh, I loved playing it. I loved, uh, I get those sports cards as a kid. There was this, it was like Alex's card store where you'd go. It was like near my house on like, I want to say like 103rd street or something. And you could just go and get all these like basketball cards and I would collect them. I'd put them in the laminated thing. And I played in a, like a youth league when I was like, I don't know, six years old, seven years old. And it was like a big deal to me when I could like make a three, you know, I was just very excited. I remember. And I just, I just loved it so much. I remember being like seven years old and watching the NBA and just like, and like, yeah, I'd get all the cards. So I would try to like separate them by team and try to learn all the players and stuff. And, and like Atlanta Hawks, I remember thinking they were cool because they had Mookie Blaylock, which I thought was the coolest name. And, and they had Steve Smith and Matumbo and, um, and then the Knicks were good back then. It was like late Ewing era and, 
and Alan Houston, those guys. Um, but yeah, I just loved, I remember being like seven and I went to the doctor and he's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, I want to be in the NBA. And he like looked at my chart and he was like, you're going to be too short. And I, I cried and I cried and I cried. Yo, I don't like the doctor being a dream killer in this story. <laughs> like, yo, I would have found that out. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, just like, let me found out on the hard way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would have just, I should have like gotten older and then gotten cut freshman year like the rest of them. I didn't. So, have- when, so when he told you that you completely stopped? No, I didn't stop. Oh, I was like, yo, that's crazy. No, I went, I went into denial about it and I looked up and then the next year I was like, you know, Muggsy Bogues is in the league and he's 5'3". And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, he didn't remember. Yeah. Like, with like proving a point yeah <laughs> yeah he had no recollection of that conversation yeah, yeah no in memory of anything i was like Spud that's Webb, a funny I ass debate dunk contest he was like what are, who is this kid yeah that, that, that's a funny ass debate to bring up short players to like put your argument of you're going to prove him wrong I just like put all, i was like you don't even know nate tiny archibald i bet and he was like no i don't what so i have <laughs> i have a cold worker oh good he said how tall are you now i'm five eight Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have yeah, I have this coworker I work with, and uh he was telling me this story about how the kids on the playground called him Hot Pocket. Uh-huh. And that was his basketball nickname. Did you have a basketball nickname growing up? I had a coach who called me uh, G Money because I was money from long range and he thought my name was Greg. He didn't, he didn't remember what my name was. <laughs> so you never corrected him. You just let him ride out with cool nickname and you don't want to tamper with it. Cause it's like, what if he doesn't yeah, you can't mess up with G money? That's not G money. Can we have G money written until the, to the next season or something? We got to have a yeah, G money. Totally, that's just, totally. just, you know what I mean? The guy that's just go hoop it out. I'm going to change my, uh, my uh, uh, Skype name right now. So there I'm you gonna, go. Just be yeah. G money, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, What's your, what's young Dan's connection with Stan? up that was um uh after i found out about you know the the hype mandate or that it was recommended no i just um i i, I loved uh stand i just remember getting the cds as a kid and um uh i'm just loving it. i just listened to everybody i listened to like uh cosby and and, and seinfeld and, and chris rock and Chappelle and um you know just really like anybody i could hear carlin um, all these guys and I would like write letters to comedians because there, there was this book I got as a kid and it was called baseball letters and it was like this guy Seth Swirsky he like wrote all these letters to like different baseball players so like he wrote to like you know he wrote to Hank Aaron and he wrote to Bill Buckner and he wrote to and he asked them all specific questions about you know their careers or whatever or baseball in general and so I was like oh I like com. I was like 11 or 12 so I'll do that with comedians and so I wrote all these letters asking like my basic question was like how do you do stand-up or whatever but i i felt like i had to ask them all a different question because i thought they all knew each other you know and i was like oh they're gonna think i'm like no and they would get your letter and be like hey did he ask you this wait you asked the same thing you asked robin williams or whatever you know i just didn't (laughs) so i asked them all a different question and uh and some wrote back chris rock sent back an autograph photo and stuff and some other people oh that's dope larry david answered um but uh but yeah, so so I always loved, I would go to comedy clubs as a kid and it was just, I would like write little jokes in my notebook and but was just scared. I was, you know, I was very shy as a kid and I was very like introverted. And so it wasn't until I went to college 
um, in Chicago when I was like 18 that I then went into Chicago because I felt like I'm not in New York. Nobody knows me here. I'm just going to go up. No one's going to know me. I can just go up and and bomb and I won't know anybody. There's no risk of knowing anybody and I can just go try it, you know? So that's when I felt comfortable actually doing Squeaky it. Squeaky doors, clogged sinks, finicky engines. When things break down around the house, you take care of it. However, when something's off in the bedroom, you uh, uh, just try not to think about it. Uh, nothing, I was just tired. Uh, I'm uh, just stressed a little bit. Come on, man. What are you waiting for? Take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M now. And if you do, you'll get $15 off your first month. It's really time to take care of your ED. And remember, if you get started today, you'll save $15 on your first order of ED treatment. You knew who uh, who Larry David was like before? Um... No, Curb was Curb was on. I knew. Was on. Yeah, Curb was on. So I watched that. And I was like, oh, shit. That's okay. Funny. Yeah. And signed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but Larry David did, I guess. Yeah. That's right. crazy. Um, I tried to do stand up comedy uh, 2018. That yeah. shit's hard as hell. Um, <laughs> you go to a mic? Dude, I was at uh, the Hollywood Improv. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like it was like open night, you know, and I just was like trying to do some face value shit. And I know I wasn't a comedian, but like obviously how we do our ba- basketball podcast, sometimes we have like comedic punchlines and stuff. Sure. And, you know, people kind of gas us up all the time. Like, yo, you're funny. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I've, I've, I've heard that I've been funny, but like. Stand up funny is way differently than just saying something, writing something up on Twitter, you know? It's, it's so different because it's like, I mean, like, like the reason your friends make you laugh the most is because you have all this context built in, you know, you know where they're coming from and you know their sensibilities and you just have, you know, months, years of just like what makes the other person laugh. And stand up, you're just like, you have to build that funny just in a vacuum like from nothing especially if they haven't heard of you before you know if they're already a fan they're a little bit on board from the beginning but otherwise it's like in a vacuum be funny and that's like really hard to build in that context you know uh, also develop that flow like the thing is trying to get up there and and say and start a joke or you know kind of like because yeah. i was in my head at first I'm up there like, oh, shit. Okay, what do I say? How do I start this up? You know, da, da, da. And I'm like trying to imitate any stand-ups I've seen in the past and trying to get that type of flow. And by the end, it was like my time was up. I probably made like three people laugh and that shit. But like, I was like, yo, I'm never doing this shit again. And if anybody ever says that I'm funny, I'm like, I'm not. (laughs) It's like rapping, though. It's like rapping. You know what I'm saying? I I I remember um, I used to carry around that 
Chris Rock Bigger and Blacker CD and I would listen yeah. to it like a rap CD. And yeah. like I never really did. I, I never really looked at comedy like that before I had that CD. And then like when I was see them perform and then I started rapping and performing, I noticed it was it seemed like they were working the same muscles because it's like you got to have a punchline. You got to come out with a certain persona, whoever you are. You know what I'm saying? Whether you're Robin Williams, Rodney Dangerfield, Chris Rock, Cat Williams, like when you hit the stage, people have to feel your energy almost right. before you even say a word. Right. And then you have to kind of fulfill that persona through whatever you're saying. And then you have to have your flow, your rhythm to your jokes and yeah. all that. The same way if Biggie or Jay-Z was up there rapping, it's kind of the same type of energy. And to acknowledge and also to acknowledge the environment also, which is what all the best live performers do. Like that Bernie yeah. Mac, the I Ain't Scared of You Motherfuckers set that on Def Jam, like, which is probably the best TV set of all time. And it's not because yeah. like the jokes are the best jokes, but it's because yeah. everyone else that night bombed and he got up there at the end. And I think he'd never been on TV before. And he came out there with all the confidence in the world and acknowledged what no one else had acknowledged. And he's like, I know the energy you are all bringing and I'm not afraid of it. And that was yeah. what they needed. They needed that persona and that confidence. And the fact that he was willing to like, look at them and say like, I'm not just going to like, go on autopilot and just like book report style recite all my jokes i'm like here with you and i'm going to like make this a fun time it's like i mean i've watched that set so many because it's insane how funny he is he gets like yeah. three applause breaks in the first 90 seconds and not applause breaks like we agree with the political point you're making like <laughs> right. we're laughing so hard we're clapping now to like show our appreciation in a different way kind of thing it's crazy how good that yeah is. i was um i was listening to this podcast actually with mark Marin and jim carrey and they yeah. were talking about uh that as well in, in relation to sports in relation to like michael jordan and like uh, i was telling trey and like a lot of people my favorite thing i got from the last dance was they were saying the thing that separated michael jordan from everybody else in the world you know obviously in basketball ever is that he was always present in the moment, right. you know, and that's like, there's a bunch of six, six dudes who can shoot. And, you know, you mentioned Allen Houston, there's a bunch of people who have that skill set. Uh, I forgot who just said recently, Oh, uh, Steve Kerr just said recently that KD is more gifted than Michael Jordan, which sure. I agree with. Like, I think that's true, but nobody has that mental capacity of what Michael Jordan had to like, and I'm it, yeah. present in this moment and I'm going to take over this moment. I don't care what else is going on. Right. And it doesn't, it's cause it's like, yeah, the, the, the talented thing. And it's like, you know, we talk about being funny or whatever. And it's like, a lot of people are funny or you get to the NBA and you're like, Oh, that's a talented player. It's like, they're all talented. They were all the best in their class, the best in their state, every one of them. But then you get to, it's like, Oh, who can adjust? And they're talking about this with Ty Lue right now. Why are the Clippers still around it's because Ty Lu can make adjustments you can see this shit is not working and change it up and not be afraid to like experiment which you have to do all the time in stand-up like I'll be on the stage and there'll be like a bit that like oh ordinarily this might get the biggest reaction but you start it and you're like oh but this crowd is not going to dig this and if they're not liking this they're not going to like the second and third thing that are related to this so I got to pivot now and go to this kind of shit you know because it's like and that's just reading that moment and also not being afraid to like, to exactly what you're saying, to like be present and adjust. They're not feeling it. 
So you just have awareness, you know, and you shift it around. But that takes years and also is a thing that even sometimes knowing it, you still fuck up, you know? <laughs> right. You don't win every game. Yeah. No, nah, yeah. You're like, all right, I read that wrong. You take a shot and you're like, I know that's a bad shot, but I took it, you know? Yeah. Who, who's your favorite comedian of all time? Mm, I don't know. There, um, the one who jumps out who isn't like um, like an all-time person, like I guess the ones that jump out are like uh, Carlin and, and uh, Chris Rock are the two that sort of jump out. But the one who I love who maybe doesn't get as much attention was this guy, Greg Giraldo, who was like more known from like the Comedy Central roasts. But if you actually watch his stand-up, and I know from just going to like the Comedy Cellar as a kid, and he, he died, he died maybe a year before Patrice did. And then there was a lot of like um, love and stuff when Patrice O'Neill died, but I thought maybe not enough when this dude Greg Geraldo died. And he was a New York guy, he was from Queens. And, uh, and he was so funny and he was able to just be like like super smart but also accessible not smart in a way where you felt like talked down to or preached at but uh smart accessible like um able to able to talk about like politics and social stuff and personal shit but all in a way where you felt like and it was very fast it was just like super funny and original um he's a guy if yeah, anyone he like yeah i know who greg Dorado is he's kind of like a guy like the smart guy you meet in a bar type of yeah you know yeah I'm saying? like and he, not 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 too smart but like smart right. enough where you're like oh this guy's kind of smart that's a good point yeah like he had a yeah i mean he would talk about like you know a bit about civil war letters or whatever he would talk about like you know uh the term like humbling that people always say like you know it was like uh supreme court justice that sotomayor she said getting named to the supreme court was the most humbling experience of her life. And he's like, people always say that word when it doesn't make sense. Like having the president call you and ask you to be on a Supreme Court, like that's a real kick in the teeth. It's like when he just shit down my throat, Mr. President, you know? And he's like, this hot girl that came up to me in a bar and gave me her business card and told me to call her. And I, when I looked at the card later, it said escort. And he's like, that was humbling. And he's like, <laughs> for a couple of reasons. One, she's obviously not that into me. And two, she has a business card and I don't. Like what kind of career oriented prostitute is this? So he's just able to like take these bits and just go a little further with them. Um, yeah, that dude was super funny, um, but yeah. also able to adjust, like we were saying, like in his special, people should look up when uh, a Jamaican dude fell asleep in the third row, like at his Comedy Central hour special taping. And he just veered off and did three minutes yeah. talking about a guy who literally just fell asleep at his TV taping. And it's like maybe the funniest part of the special. Yeah, I think his thing was like he was a little bit too much of like a second or third banana. Yeah. Um, like other comedians. And sure. You know, obviously his personality wasn't really that gregarious either. Right. So you know, he didn't really have that temperament that would make him a standout in a lot of yeah. ways. But I, in, in a weird way, though, I think he kind of would have fared a lot better in this scenario with the streaming you know, world and um, sure. just with all the shows that are being kind of afforded to comedians and people like, you know, who have his temperament, I think he would probably would have done really well right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. He was a funny dude. Yeah, for sure. What is young Dan's connection to cartoons? I just loved, uh, we mentioned um, 
you mentioned Hey Arnold in one of the one or two, but that that was my favorite. And and that one, both Kevin and I have talked about being like in some way um, an inspiration for Arnold and Gerald. Yeah, yeah. Not even the two characters, but the fact that that it was a like neighborhood and it was a, a community and and. Yeah, I just, I mean, I loved cartoons because it was just like, a, they just had a different feel or pace. And I loved, um, it, they felt very alive in a way that maybe sitcoms that we grew up on with like more multicam, one living room set. That's all. But we loved Hey Arnold. And it, it had like a very melancholy feel. And it was also cool that it would just like, they'd take a character that, you know, it'd be like Mr. Wynn, the guy who they, the neighbor in the boarding house who they use for like one joke about his accent. And then all of a sudden the Christmas special, it's all about this guy. And they get into a backstory about his his daughter and his background and like war or whatever. And it's all, every time that you see a new character, every time you see a character a second time, you learn something new about them, which is really cool. And that we tried to do that with, with Flatbush also. Yeah, I, I I see. I love that Stoop Kid is getting his flowers in 2021. Everybody love, wants to be Stoop Kid. Love Stoop Kid, man. Stoop Kid's afraid to leave his stoop. But all that stuff, it's like about yeah, broader issues. There was Pigeon Man. There were like a lot of yeah these like little characters that were you're like, oh, that's some like it's uh, heady shit that being packaged in a, a fun way, which is my favorite stuff, you know? Yeah. Harlan does that also. It's like you know, he does a bit like a place for my stuff. And like the message of that bit is like, fuck consumerism, but he's not screaming that he's packaging it in a fun, silly way. And that's what the best cartoons or anything does. I think. Yeah. I actually used to like to draw Arnold all the time. Really? Uh, yeah. I had it down pack. It was like easy. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I would just always think that he swallowed a football and that just became his head. But yeah. then like, obviously uh, I thought I thought the '90s cartoons was kind of racist though, because they just made all they had one prototype for one black kid. So like it's Vinny from Recess, and then Gerald, and they just had the high, high top, curly hair. Yeah, and, they just, did have that and I was like, just, did this kid just graduate to other like cartoons, you know? And just like, all right, we're just gonna pack it in. But it was yeah, it was I mean, cool. All a version of Skeeter. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, dude. Like when you really think about it, I mean. Like, yeah, they were all ski skater prototypes. Yeah, it was this thing yeah. on it was this thing on Twitter where uh, a lady said, uh, "You should be able to. You should go out. You should as a as a child as your child as your children uh, should be out like uh, doing more meaningful things than watching TV because they'll never remember it." And I just spazzed on this lady because I'm like, bullshit. When I was in third and fourth grade, I would go home, rushing home to see Power Rangers and VR Troopers back to back. Yeah. And I was like, yo, that was like the best memories of all time. Or like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like seeing shit like that. And uh, no, you learn. I mean, it's so important. Beetleborgs. Like you can go down the line. That shit just like still Even hits to this day. Simpsons, bro. Like the Simpsons raised me. And yeah. like I, some of my best in jokes with you know lifelong friends are simpsons episodes that we recall you know what i'm saying 25 years later right so it's like, yeah I remember going to friends like houses and, and you watch that shit i mean it's so important and we pretend like it doesn't matter or whatever you know but like that shit we watched at that age it's like it forms us so it forms what we value it forms so much you know it's yeah. crazy i, I mean like, this might be a high ass question, but why was Sonic the Ch why was Sonic the Hedgehog eating a chili dog? 
and then he was voiced by Jaleel White. You know what I mean? Like I, Jaleel White? Yes, the UPN version. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And oh. the only reason why I used to get to watch that is only time I got to see that is when I faked I was sick. <laughs> and they don't that was the last that was the last cartoon that aired from 8 30 to 9 and then the soap opera and the talk shows would come on right. and it's like fuck why did i miss school i know it's dope at school just to watch this one little episode and talk about it at school tomorrow and then i don't get till 2 30 where reading rainbow comes on it and then we get huge, three o'clock running. huge bummer when you fake uh fake sick and stay home because you yeah. think you get to watch good shit all day and it's pre dvr roku anything so you're just stuck with it and you're just like the price is right the fuck is this yeah <laughs> I mean, actually i would watch the price is right knowing how bad the rest of the the television for the rest that, of the day that's was. the best like i would like, yeah. be excited like yeah no like, price is right was kind of fire it's bad it's going downhill i gotta it's find all, something to it's do. all young and the restless <laughs> yeah so. young and the restless yeah, bro yeah uh, and you can't life. even go outside and play basketball. And that's like, a that's a crazy rollout. We really did. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a crazy rollout right there. Because you know nobody at home, everybody at the crib, you with your parents, right. and they're gonna give you the same bullshit: saltine crackers and Campbell noodle soup with a seven up. <laughs> like we all grew up the same. Like that shit was gonna fix everything, and then all of a sudden you feeling better by three o'clock when the real cartoons coming back. Right, you're stuck until which is after school anyway. So yeah, it's done. That shit crazy. I always be thinking about that. For school is that is that uh, at that time, which is that there's nothing good on until after school anyway. So I'm much. sure the I'm sure the public school system had had like an agreement, like yo, we gonna air this shit during yeah. this time. No yeah. cartoons during school hours. You cannot compete with Simpsons and Futurama. You gotta you gotta save that shit for five o'clock. Five yeah. o'clock you can start that stuff, but you can't give us that competition. You know. Did you watch the PJs? I watched the PJs. Yeah, I, I heard like <laughs> I heard like a crazy story because I worked with I did one animated pilot for Fox and I heard one crazy story about the PJs that like because it was it was claymation. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and they got Eddie Murphy and uh, they were lucky to get Eddie Murphy because I guess he didn't particularly want to do it. And I guess they would send, you know, the scripts and stuff to whatever movie trailer he was on for whatever, you know, uh, big movie he's making and he would read the script and if he got to a page or a scene he didn't like he just wouldn't read it and they would send it back and then they'd take all the clay they made for that scene they're like all right i guess they just gotta scrap it that's crazy scrap it yeah they would just shit they had to just skip because they're just like well he didn't read it so what what do we do that reminds me of when wesley snipes was like not fucking with the production team for blade and he wouldn't open his eyes and he had the cgi and shit that's crazy. They CGI'd his eyes open. CGI CGI'd his eyes. Look up that story. They CGI'd his eyes, and his eyes are just wandering, but his eyes are closed. He refused to open his eyes because he was pissed off at the production team. That is crazy. That is cr- I I love that. Shit. I couldn't believe that shit. I said, Wow, Wes, you was on that? You was on that? You wouldn't open your eyes the entire day. Like crazy, man. Especially when you find out. When you like see when you're on a set and then you realize like how little the crew gets paid and how many hours they work and stuff. And then you're going to refuse to open your eyes. I mean, I always think about that. Like you mentioned, you mentioned uh, Jim Carrey, Jason, but like I I saw that thing, Jim and Andy, which is on Netflix. It's like it's like about Jim Carrey playing uh, Andy 
Kaufman. And like you watch it and part of you is like, wow, he really immersed in this role. Like it's like a great acting performance because he just became this guy. But then you also watch it and you're like, man, he's like kind of being a dick, you know? Like he's just a little yeah. bit acting like, like yeah, he's landing on a little dick, right? And then just using yeah. it to be a dick to other people, which you kind of only hear about when like people only immerse in these roles when it's for an asshole, you know? Like you yes. don't really Right, right, right. They never you never hear hear ben them like, just uh, became Gandhi. He couldn't Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks really he's he got into the Mr. Rogers role. He sunk his teeth into that. Right. <laughs> you know? Always right. It's always just like he just became Mussolini. It's like <laughs> right. well, we didn't have to. Yeah, no, that's that's hilarious. Who so out of all the comedians that like you either done stand up with or worked with uh, or met, like who would you say is the funniest in person? Oh, that's a good question. Oh man, I don't, I don't know. Uh, well, I, I'll say for me real quick, just because when we were talking about film sets, it made me think of it. Uh, I was working as like a PA, like I don't know, it's probably damn near twenty years ago. I'm aging myself. I was like sixteen or something, and yeah. Tom Arnold <laughs> was really? in the movie, and he. I mean, I don't know what combination of drugs he was on at the time, like all day, but he was just nonstop, like hilarious, just on set. You know, he's one of those people That's that cool. ad-libs every take. Yeah, everything yeah, yeah. he says when the camera's not rolling is funny. And he's just he's just rolling. You know what I'm saying? Just nonstop. And I was like, man, this dude is a lot funnier than I expected. Yeah, I mean, that's. Yeah, the the ability to just like roll and improv and shit. I mean, we were talking about before we started, but. Yamanika Saunders, who's in the next episode of, of Flatbush, and she plays my therapist. She she went the most off script of anyone mm -hmm. and had the whole crew like in tears. That's the most anyone laughed on set. And the most I've laughed, you know, and I don't even know how long is her just ability to go off and, and berate me. And she called me a reverse leprechaun who only brings bad luck. And just like, Every yeah. sort of <laughs> he had for me was just so fun like it, it was like unreal and it was unreal how she had everyone laughing and how composed she stayed yeah and able to just stay in and just keep like just bodying just nailing it. <laughs> more more jokes more insults the meaner she was to me the funnier it got um yeah she was next level yeah some people are really good at that <laughs> in the last hobby what was your connection with baseball that was, it was just, a, um, I loved, uh, yeah, I love, I mean, I played Little League. I remember we played and, uh, and again, it was these baseball cards that kind of helped me uh, get into it. I remember I went to buy basketball cards and I kept buying them. The guy's like, I have this like box of baseball cards and nobody wants if you want it. And I was like, okay. And he kind of just gave it to me. And that was weirdly like how I got it. Cause then I started learning the players and stuff. And then I did, uh, little league and i remember we used to play in central park and then people kept i think some of our water coolers and gloves were getting stolen so then we moved to randall's island and started playing started playing there which um uh if you're not from new york and randall's island you see it in a scene in big daddy when adam sandler teaches the kid how to like how to piss outside they're on randall's island that's that's the famous scene in a movie with it but um but i just i just loved it, it was just that that was like as someone who didn't really want to do like camp or whatever, just, but needed to get outside. That was, that was the thing. And as an adult, I haven't really, I sort of fell out of it. Basketball is the only sport I'll sort of follow day to day. 
but as a kid i just loved i loved playing and i loved it's also the most maybe like fun or like relaxing game to like go and watch because it's just like a sort of chill vibe but yeah i don't know there's just something very peaceful about it and uh that's how i associate most summers with just going and playing two games a day and for our last question what advice would you give eight-year-old dan or g money (laughs) (laughs) just stay greg you know uh no i you know i think i think i was probably way more uh uh, pessimistic then and thought you know things would stay sad I, I was also all these interests i had i was like very quiet about my interest in comedy and shit because i didn't think um didn't think i could do it so too too long to play so when i see younger people and they're like very um open and like steadfast about what their dreams or ambitions are i like respect that and think that's cool so I would tell him and anyone who's younger who has some ambition that that it's a cool thing to whatever your ambition is to pursue that and to not be afraid to um, to be open about that. I think there's something like people will always kind of it's very easy to um, uh, tell someone it's very scary to tell someone I want to do something, but it's easier to just say I'm I'm doing this because then people don't have a chance to tell you, well, you can't do that, you know, but if you just say you're doing it, then you're doing it and everyone kind of accepts that. So I would encourage that to young G money and anyone else. How's the young G money? Well, damn, man, this has been great. Thank you again for joining us. Thank Glad you. we got to reflect on some stuff and you shared the cool story um, about the PJs. It's very interesting. I do want you to check out that that blade CGI. I definitely will, man. That's a crazy story. I want to see. Yeah, it. I gotta look that up too, man. That's wild. And uh, you know, you guys check out you know Flatbush Misdemeanors on Showtime. Great show. I don't lie. I don't hype stuff. Um, be Thank sure you. to tweet him. Hashtag Show Love. Appreciate you again, brother. Thank you, guys. Man, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Growing up the same wins the game.